want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. Good day, my friends. Today's episode is special for two very specific reasons. The first, and it's one you're going to want to listen for, is that I share something that I have never spoken about publicly. This is something very personal and something that was transformative and life-changing for me, and certainly something that I'm really excited to share with you. The second is my guest is the amazing, beautiful Lauren Eliz Love. Lauren is a spiritual self-healing teacher. She is the creator of the Life Transformation online program called HEAL, the founder of a spiritual online sisterhood called the Soul Portal Community, and the voice behind the Lauren of Love podcast. In this episode, we have a great conversation, and we dive into how we are programmed to believe projections when achievement is in the journey coming deeper into your essence, which also relates to what I, the number one I told you about, and how many of our teachers are not sought, but they're given to us. It's a jam-packed episode. It's a deeply spiritual episode and one that I'm really excited to share with you. So without further ado, let's welcome the amazing Lauren Eliz Love. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Welcome back to the show, and thank you so very much for being here, spending your time. We all know how valuable our time is, and for you to spend it here with us today, I truly, truly appreciate it, and I know you are going to be in for such a huge treat today. I've already read her bio, but I want to introduce you to Lauren Eliz Love. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. I'm lighting up some Palo Santo. Just so excited to be here. It feels really beautiful to be present with you and your community. And thanks so much. We have a mutual friend, a really good mutual friend, Jen Casey, mm-hmm. who, I don't know, it was like a year and a half ago, maybe, maybe even two years ago, she said to me, you have to meet this human. You have to meet this human. And I was like, okay, okay. And so we did. And for whatever reason, we we didn't get a podcast episode at that time. But I've come to realize, of course, that everything happens in divine timing and in the way in which it should. So I know you, I follow you, we follow each other on on the grams. Yeah. I think we all feel like we know each other because of the grams, right? I know. Or at least a version of the self, you know? I try to be as authentic as possible. We all do. But, you know, there's also the perception of what you put out in the world. But I want to back up for the audience and really dive into who you are, where you're from, and your story. So 
begin? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny, Nick, because while I guess Jen was saying that to you, she was saying it with the same exact energy to me. You have to meet this guy, Nick. You have to meet this guy, Nick. So yeah, divine timing. Here we are. Hello. So to all of the beautiful souls listening, my name is Lauren Eliz Love. I am originally from Long Island. I uh, did a lot of musical theater growing up, almost went to Let's just say I almost went down that path, but I felt like a lot of my family was saying things like, you're not going to make any money in that, and it's really competitive, and you shouldn't do that. So I went in a direction to please my family and went into the television news industry, actually, became a producer for CBS, did that for about five years, and uh, really just felt this very overwhelming sense that my purpose and my life mission wasn't going to be honored in a container like that, which I think a lot of people realize when they pursue careers to make their parents happy, like this is, wow, this is actually not it. So I I took a big leap in 2015 and stepped into entrepreneurship. And like, I'm sure we'll talk about how a lot of really deep and profound lessons in building what was upwards of a $700,000 personal brand in the online space had a a lot of deep, hard lessons, a lot of healing, a lot of growth, really felt in the process of building that, that I was kind of doing the same thing that I had done in my path of corporate, which was seek approval, seek validation, achieve to get recognized, all these things, and uh, just created a real massive burnout within myself and decided to take a really long sabbatical to heal, to really look at who I was and the work I wanted to do in the world and returned back into the entrepreneur space in an even different energy, more connected and uh, more aligned. And so that's kind of like the overall umbrella. Today, I do self-healing work. I help women heal their chronic illness, mental health, past traumas through a spiritually centered healing method, which has been the whole premise of my journey, healing chronic illness and healing from trauma and things like that. So yeah, again, that's the overall umbrella, but I'm sure you'll want to take us deeper. Oh gosh. Yes. I, I like, I like, I've been, I've been like waiting to like dive in like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's so much there. There's so much there. <laughs> so let's go back to that decision to leave CBS and go on to entrepreneurship. What in you how did you make that decision? Because I think there are a lot of people out there that are like, not happy, like you were saying, that were trying to validate something within themselves through their parents' eyes or through society's eyes or what have you. But how did you find the courage to make the decision? Was there a defining moment or was it a period of knocks on the door? Yeah, I'm looking at the time. It's 12-12. I'm like, oh, this is just so profound, this question. Because really what happened for me, I... And the the background around all of this that I think is really important is that I've been through a lot of really traumatic experiences growing up and in my childhood that I was trying to mask with achieving as an adult, you know, like, let me, let me reach these milestones. Let me show everybody that I'm actually, I really have my shit together, you know, that I'm actually accomplished all this stuff. And at the time in my corporate world, I was, you know, not only working with traumatic experience, you know, on a national level, we were dealing with national shootings and war in Iraq, like just all this stuff that was so heavy. But I was taking a lot of medications to 
really numb out some of the symptoms that I had going on. And I think that's kind of an indication of being out of alignment when you feel like you're mentally not feeling joy and your mind is constantly stressed and and maybe you have fatigue and you have like just all of these things that are just kind of like playing out. And that was happening for me. And I was taking a lot of these medications. I was in an abusive marriage at the time, my, my first marriage, and he was a severe uh, drug addict and I wasn't aware of it. And so everything was just kind of like coming out and uh, my grandfather died. And right before he died, he, he looked at me and his last words to me were take care of yourself as if he knew. And I could get this sense that he knew really what I was going through, which was I was overly medicated. I was overworked, exhausted by my career in a miserable marriage. I was drinking all the time. And his words to me, realizing that I had spent so much time trying to live for the validation of my family and his last words weren't make me proud or go get it or like make sure you achieve this. It was like actually just take care of yourself. It was this really eye-opening spiritual experience for me where I realized that I was not. And I went on a journey from there of starting to improve and take care. I started to come off of medication, started to study personal development, started to really look at my marriage and ended my marriage within months of my grandfather passing. And in all of that, When you start to come online and you start to explore the potential that you are actually the creator of your reality and you actually have a responsibility to create as you desire, everything that is inauthentic starts to fall apart. So my career started to take this like, Mm. just like aggressive turn and everything just like, I went from being at the top of my career to just having a really abusive boss working midnight to 9am, the workload got more intense. I found a new loving relationship and my partner said to me, you know, Lauren, if you want to quit your job, now is the easiest time to do that because life is only going to get harder. You are only going to have more excuses. You are only going to have more reasons why. So do it now, give yourself a year and see what happens. And so I did that and I I had a lot of things that I needed to leap into. I had to pull my 401k I had to abandon my car lease. I I left our apartment, moved in with his parents. It was like this whole big, you know, big leap that that isn't necessarily right for everybody. But yeah, maybe that answers your question a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. And what I I was struck by were the angels, these beautiful angels in your life Mm -hmm. that not only your grandfather and his wisdom, but also the new love. And his wisdom and support and care that you had surrounding you, as well as other angels, I'm quite sure of, right, in your on every step of, of, of the way, because it was as if the sound of it was as if it was like there was no other option, ultimately. Yeah, and I, I think that's what happens, right? Like when you have a really deep soul's calling, some of us are really designed or let me rephrase that. Some of us are conditioned by our worldly experience to not listen to internal knowing. You know, we're very much programmed to believe that that will get us hurt or that we have poor judgment or that we're irresponsible or crazy. And a lot of those things are like the projections that we've been, you know, receiving over the course of our lives. But I think what ends up happening 
is that despite all of that, our souls are so loud that they will literally destroy everything in our path until we listen, right? And not, I think that what's that expression? Sometimes the universe sends you a feather and then if you don't, you don't listen, it sends you a brick. And then if you don't listen, just fucking hits you with a bus and like, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah that's, that's how it works. I relate to a lot of that, of the sort of creating out of the abuse, creating out of the trauma, creating out of the, an attempt to be, for me, it was to be the best little boy in the entire world, mm-hmm. to make up for the shame, the doubt the guilt, all of those feelings of being a little gay child who didn't fit into my community and my world, not to mention the additional forms of abuse that were on top of that. Yeah. And for me, the moment came really at the at the Tony Awards. We were talking about theater right before we came on here, and it was the point of me exceedingly succeeding for me to realize that it was all bullshit. Right? Oh, my God. It's the it's the worst thing in the world. Like you you but you work so hard for this thing that you just think is so important to you, and then you get there and you're like, this is it. <laughs> like nothing's uh-huh. changed. Like yeah, I remember talking to Jen when she had hit some big level of success, and I was like, do you feel different? She's like, no, <laughs> I don't. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> did you did you go on a path after that of like having to oh that was the beginning of the huge path that was the beginning of the real healing journey I had been a seeker for years and years and years you know like old school Louise Hay through like you know I mean we're talking the 90s you were you were way you're way younger Wayne than Dyer? I was like Wayne Dyer like yeah hello, hello like really like you know Marianne Williamson like you name it like I I, I was reading it and like living it and and then of course the yoga journey began for me even 10 years before that moment but it was in that moment that everything really shifted for me and that's when I say the real work began Mm -hmm. because that's when I had to really sit in my shit not in what I thought I was but who I actually was yeah and I've been really thinking about this too like is that path that style of path avoidable like you know like can we actually achieve something and go yes oh my gosh and just continue to soar and grow or is it like you know how like how many times in my life have I achieved something to realize it wasn't enough you know, like that it's, it's the journey of really discovering that everything you want is within yourself and that what you achieve is a mirror of that. You know, it's it's just a different way of doing things. It is because, you know, when we say I, it wasn't enough, the equation is I am not enough. Like that's the equal sign. Mm -hmm. And so the more we lean into that, I'm not enough or it's not enough, then I'm not enough. It's like this really like spirally circle that you can go down until sometimes you have to be hit like you said with bricks and the wall the entire wall has to crumble so your wall crumbled Mm -hmm. and you made the choice to start this business I made the choice and like it was a choice that I had to keep making over and over and over again you know I think it's like a constant study of surrender, trust, surrender, trust, surrender, trust, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And, you know, I remember quitting and I spent, I thought that was it. I thought I had made finally the biggest, hardest choice, you know, took the hardest step. 
but like we had talked about, you know, the hard stuff is what comes after those kind of big quantum moments. It's like the integration of it. And for me, I, when I started to show up in my business, I still had this feeling of every time I'd work, it was a roller coaster. Like I would show up and start building my brand and I'd have this energy of like, yes, millions. I'm going to, well, actually, let me just rephrase that. My goal was $30,000 a month. Like, I'm I'm sorry, $30,000 a year. Like I just, I wanted just like, give me something that I can actually say I have, you know, some money here. So my goal was really basic at that level, but I would show up and be like, yes, it's happening. Yes, I know it. Yes, I'm doing it. And then something in that day would just like switch me. And my husband, who was my partner at the time, moved in with his parents. He said, every day I leave the house, you're you're so certain this is going to work. And I come home and now you're looking for jobs on indeed.com. Like, what is happening? Like, and he said it to me again, Angel. He said, you know, Lauren, you're treating this like a hobby. Like, maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. Maybe it'll work. Maybe you won't. Mm. Maybe you'll do it. Maybe you don't. So you need to decide that this is going to work. And I thought about it and I was like, well, what does it look like when I decide? What do my actions look like? What does my energy look like? What does my way of doing this look like? And I could see a totally different version of myself and a totally different way of operation in that question. So that was a very big game changer for me, but it was something that had to be practiced. And that is a cultivation of self that really is what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, practice is key. Practice, 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 being not a practice of doing, a practice of being so you can yes. do, create, etc. You know, I, I um, <clears throat> come from the Hatha Yoga lineage, which you're given as sadhana. And sadhana is a practice, right? A daily, a daily practice that you do rain, shine, sickness, health, no matter what, you know, all, all, like you're married to it. You're married to your practice because you're married to yourself and you honor yourself. It's been a 15 year, 20 year journey almost for me of the daily practice. And what, what really it, it does is that it does practice the way of being so that you start with your energy. And then when you step out into the world, you're already in that space. You're already in the energy. You're already in that, like you said, that visualization of who you need to be or want to be really. It's not even a need because you don't need to do anything. It's who do you want to be in this world? How do you want to vibrate? Who do you want to attract? How do you want to live your life Mm. in this time that we have here in the earth school? Oh my gosh. This is like this is the essence of it all, right? Because I think we are very conditioned in this world to be reactive. You know, I even was journaling on this before when I was getting more clear about my own practice and my own deepening in this season of my life. And, you know, I think, what do we do? Like the average human, what do they do? They wake up, they respond to their calendar, they respond to social media, they respond to conversations they respond to the traffic, they respond to the responsibilities of work, like respond, 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 and morning cultivation, and really just holding a prayer of like, no, I'm the creator of my life, let me like pause to create within Mm -hmm. first, that is a game changer. It really is. Oh my god, I really love hearing you speak on that. And, you know, it's not only that it's the, the, the practice, it's that it teaches you that it's okay to fall off. Yeah. Because here's the thing, the practice isn't on the mat, it's not on a seat, it's 
in the, your response and reaction to all that is around you mm-hmm. at all times. And so, of course, you're going to fall off. Of course, you're not perfect. In fact, if you think that you are perfect, go back to the seat. Yes. Yes. I, you know, it, it's funny because I think like my my path of transformation, like I, I like to look at my life journey as a deep study of myself coming deeper and deeper into my essence. Right. And that applies to like how I focus and have relationship with my business, how Mm -hmm. I focus and have relationship with my health, how I focus and have relationship with my partner. And like all of those things, there is a process of being on the horse and being off the horse, metaphorically speaking, right? Like you could be really, yes, I'm so centered. I'm so clear. And then something happens and and you're not as consistent, you're not as dedicated, you're not as devoted. And I think oftentimes in those experiences, we really give those moments meaning that we are not consistent or that we are bad or that we are not devoted. But I also think that there is a really important study that the universe is always trying to bring us, which is the process and learning of how to come back, how to return. And that's an entirely different study. Right. So it's like, can you receive that with love? Can you be embracing of that? The fact that that's a part of your study, can you not give that meaning that you're bad or that you're inconsistent or like wrong or whatever? Like, yeah. And isn't that why we call it practice? Yes. (laughs) It's not, we don't call it perfect. Yeah. I'm going to do my yoga perfect. I'm going to do my yoga perfect. I'm going to do my meditation perfect. I'm going to go do my, you know, drum circle perfect right (laughs) now. I know. Yeah. And yet there is, we can get into, and I know that I did for a while, this idea of it, because again, I was remodeling. I got into that. I have to be the perfect yogi. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So like, (laughs) just to speak on this, because this is just fucking hysterical. You're bringing this up. There's this like, so, so on my path, right, like the, the piece of the puzzle that kind of happened after I built a lot of business success was that I was, I burnt out, I exhausted, I got like so sick. And I had this like deep next level spiritual awakening that made me realize you're not actually here to help people be successful. You're here to help people heal because you're not here to be successful. You're here to heal. Right. So, mm. but, but in that like realization of, wow, this is like my purpose. This is what I meant to do. This immediate ego came up of like, whoa, you got to be like real spiritual. And like, you know, you got to be this woman with like feathers and, and all the crystals all over her face. And you got to make sure that you wear like a, a Bali outfit and like, you know, just like this vision of like what it's supposed to look like. And like, like who taught you that? Like, where did you decide that's like what you need to do? It was just ridiculous. So I really resonate with you. Well, there's that model of like, you know, you've got to wear the flowy clothes and you have to like be at the beach with your wind, with the hair blowing in the wind. And, you know, like, like all of that, like, you know, that's the only way or the path. Mm -hmm. Again, that goes into that only or the or always or you know those conditioned things and and it even happens of course within spiritual circles as we're saying that there becomes this this is the norm or this is the way or this is and ultimately there isn't Mm. it just isn't no there isn't I think you know something my mom told me when she was younger she used to work at a bank and she said Lauren it's so funny when I worked at the bank the people who dressed like the most like they were homeless were always the ones that made the most money and I'm like 
<laughs> okay, like that's an interesting observation. But like, I really do enjoy the concept of like, anybody can be anything. And yeah. it doesn't look a certain way. And it doesn't have to be a certain way. And like, you're not trying to fit into this model of what you idealize so that you could finally feel a certain way. It's like, well, how do you want to be expressed? How do you want to embody yourself? What does it look like when you feel aligned? We're often not designed to think for ourselves is what this is really all about, right? So we got to start doing that. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I, you know, you never know what it's going to look like, right? You never know who's going to affect you. You never know who's going to be your teacher because your teachers are everywhere. They're all over the place. Everything from the homeless person to the bank teller to Mm -hmm. whoever. Mm -hmm. And I was in Costa Rica. And I went to get a massage at like a spa. And you know how like at a, a spa, you're like, you know, it's a spa massage. Yeah. Like it's not going to be like this, like. It's like standard. Yeah. It's not going to be this big experience. Right. And I walk in and this guy looks at me and he says, come back tomorrow. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I can't do it today. He's like, what? he's like, you need to come back tomorrow. And I said, uh, okay. Uh, what time? <laughs> I could tell there was just something there. Right. And so I go away and I come back the next day at the time that he says and he says are you okay if I give you this special massage and in my mind I'm like special what does that mean (laughs) this could be weird (laughs) what he's like I'm going to give you a a chakra massage chakra healing and I was like okay I'm open I'm open to pretty much everything I mean if 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 there's been anything Lauren I've tried it so I'm like okay yeah I'll, I'll um I'll, I'll do this. And so he got me on the table and he started, basically he said, I'm going to take you back to your birth. And it may be very painful. He said, but at any point, just keep a hold of the table. And I was like, um, okay. So he went through basically each of the chakras and we got to my heart. There was like, I was like in so much pain, like, like screaming pain, but I was, but it was like good in a way. It was very strange. It was like a very deep healing, cleansing experience. He got to my heart and the best way to describe it was like the most stabbing pain I've ever felt in my entire life, followed by when you release ecstasy. If, I mean, if, and I don't mean ecstasy, the, the the club drug, but it was like, like as if, and I haven't done heroin, but what I can imagine that euphoria is. Wow. And then it was like at my throat, he was the, going through the chakras, right? At the top of my head, but then turned my hands over like in Shavasana. And I laid there and I laid there and I laid there and I laid there. And you know, like usually when you do in a massage, somebody like touches your feet and they're like, okay, you're done. <laughs> you know, <Okay. laughs> good job. You can get dressed now. None of that. And so finally I was like laying there for what seemed like a really tall, I looked up. I sat up and, and he was, there's this glass partition and he was standing behind it and he came running into the room and grabbed me and I'm completely naked. He picks me up, literally physically picks me up and he takes me to the shower and he's like, we've got to ground you. We've got to ground you. We've got to ground you. He's like showering me. He's showering with me in, in the shower. And then he, he's like, here, here's a rope. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. So he says, come get clothes and then come sit outside with me. And when I get there, he has gifts. He's got incense for me and a, and a mug and a thing. And I'm like, what is going on? Who is this man? He's a shaman, which I didn't know at the time. So I didn't know that he was a shaman. I thought he was like, you know, a massage guy at the thing, right? So he sits down and he says, do you know when I left the room? 
And I said, no, I, I don't. I don't know when you left the room. He said, the spirits told me to leave at your heart. And the rest of it was you and the spirits. Stop it. Oh, my God. I have goosebumps all over my body. Are you serious? And he said, you've given me the greatest gift. This is what a shaman waits for. You've given me the gift. And so he was giving me these gifts. And he's like, you're my teacher. You're my teacher. You're my teacher. And I was like, I'm your teacher. You're mine. What are you talking about? And about a month later is when I began to uh, have medium ability. Wow. It opened up some channel pathway that that's, and that's when that began for me. Did you ever go back to him? I tried to find him and I've never been able to find him since he, he left, Stop it. left there and he left there. And I never was even able to tell him what happened after. And so people come into your life, you know, oh like you say, God. for a reason, season, lifetime, this was like a really profound teaching that he gave me. And clearly in his mind, yeah. in his world, I gave him. So we're each other's teacher in a way. That's another concept to really deepen into too, is like, we are all each other's teachers and the openness is like not being, you know, attached to how it looks or how you receive things. Like for me, when I was going on my very deep healing journey with chronic illness two years ago, I went to Cathedral Rock in Sedona to pray. And I was like, please like give me answers. And I I knew ayahuasca was like a very big teacher for me, but I hadn't found anybody that I could actually start to study with. And lo and behold, on this rock is this man talking about ayahuasca and he became my teacher for Mm. my life of of how to sit and how to pray and how to be in space. And I teach him and we have this beautiful synergistic study. And it's like, you have to open up to the possibility that the support you are looking for doesn't have to be sought after, but just has to be prayed for. And those things come. It's a really cool study, man. That's an incredible story you had. I love that. Wow. You had me on the edge of my seat. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. But going back yes. to you, because we're still in your story, believe it or not. <laughs> I like yours though. <laughs> we, we went on it. We went on a beautiful tangent. It was so beautiful. Yeah. So you got to building this business. Yeah. And you said you were basically in what would be in the online terms called crushing it. You were crushing it. Yeah, I was crushing it. I was traveling every month, going to different speaking events. You know, you you go to these personal development seminars and people were coming up to me asking to take pictures with me. And like, you know, it was this level of achievement and recognition that I had sought after for so long. And I you know, at first I thought that that level of success would come and that feeling of worthiness would come at a $10,000 a month. And I hit that pop, the champagne, had the celebrations and no, this, same, maybe it's 30. And it was again, same reaction. Maybe it's 50, maybe it's 80. And then I had just this like moment of real recognition. I think it was around the time we had we made $150,000 in a week, right? We had a launch that was just incredibly profitable. And I thought that this was it. This was the moment where I could finally feel worthy and whole and complete and enough. And it didn't come. And it was such a disappointment. And, you know, when I look back, I, I think really, I went on a journey after that of really having to reevaluate my relationship with money and really come into you know, just being really honest with myself of like, what is even money? What, what are my wounds around this? What have I been treating it like? And 
because money is is such a you know what is it we don't even what is money it's, it's a frequency it's an exchange it's a thing we don't see it anymore it's just like a number we attach meaning to it and so for me it was validation it was worthiness it was success but really all of those things were outside of me so money became kind of this trickster energy where I would give and give and give and it wouldn't be enough mm. so I think that that's a component like for anybody who relates to that of like the never enough projection that you put onto money is always that mirrored thought within yourself. But I think a a deeper part of this is that we often chase the money based on what we have been good at or what we have been recognized for or what we are told we are successful at, even when our soul really wants to do something else. And so that was also playing out for me as well, where I was doing what people wanted me to do. I was like this little puppet, like, oh, you want to learn about business strategy and content creation and ideal client work. And I know how to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And I just like robotically. And um, it really starts to make you sick when you live in a state of being enslaved to the ideas that you need to do something that you actually don't really want to do. You know what I mean? So I do. that was a big piece of it as well. Yeah, I think that the money driver, one of the things, particularly in the online space, that I witnessed in a way that I hadn't witnessed before, and maybe it's just a new awareness for me, is this idea of money first, life second. Mm -hmm. There is a big, your 100K year, your million dollar business, you're all about rather than what kind of wealth are you developing in all areas of your life? not just the number area wealth is beyond the number wealth is beyond money wealth because like you said it's just another zero in the in the account but what does that represent and what are you doing to get that is that really in alignment with who you are as a human being and the way in which you want to walk in the world and your experience around it because yes it can lead to what sickness because you're not wealthy in health Mm, yeah I mean it what started for me like you know, I think, I feel like all of this is rooted in childhood, right? Like if you grew up with a dad who was the breadwinner and he was never really present and he was constantly working holidays and when he was home, he was on his phone or like whatever, right? Like all of this conditions us to believe that the drive to create success requires sacrifice. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I put a lot of time into what I'm building because I love it and because I want to tend to it and because it's important to me. But there are also other things that are important to me that require my time, that require my attention. When I tell myself this story that I have to choose between this or that in order to be or in order to achieve, that's when that sickness starts to come on. So what may look like in in the 3D as like, I don't feel like I have time to make myself a nourishing meal or to disconnect from my work to go to the gym. So let me grab those chips. Let me have that coffee. Let me be sedentary for 16 hours in front of my desk. You know, this starts to build up and create this real dysfunction in the body, which dude, let's just be real. Like if you're doing that, if you don't wake up now to it, you will be forced to wake up to it, right? It's just something that happens. So it's just really about redesigning that nature. And also, you know, I, I think I was very much praised for how hard I worked. And when I worked really hard, I got a lot of praise and love and and pats on the back for my mom or my this or that. And 
I'm not about that anymore. And I think that's the cool thing about entrepreneurship uh, is that it's really this open, clear vessel where you get to, and many of us don't realize this, but like you get to decide the standards, you get to decide the dynamic, you get to decide the energy, you get to consciously choose those things. And if you don't consciously choose them, then your ego, your shadow, your wounds will choose them for you. Does that make sense? Oh, hello. Yes, it does. I think that a lot of people might say, oh, well, that's easy for you to say. You made the money. Oh, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, because because people have said that to me. Oh, well, but yeah, you, you've had all this success. So of course, you can say that now. Yeah, I, you know, okay, if that's what you want to think, continue with your story and come see me in five years when you get it. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that perspective of like, easy for you to say the point really is that you can change choose it at any point no matter what right and like if if somebody's ever says that to me like easy for you to say Mars yeah easy for you to listen to right Mm -hmm. because I'm I have gone there I have been there I've done that please learn from me right please learn from these challenges and do different but I do understand that concept I've heard that for myself and so I was laughing because I was thinking oh yeah (laughs) yeah I hear that I hear that yeah I hear it (laughs) so Speaking of of which, what sort of, I don't know, advice, what sort of, Mm. what can you give somebody out there who may be in that space that is like, I know I need to make the change. I just don't know where to begin. Yeah. I mean, I guess we've talked about so many changes on, on this beautiful conversation, right? So, you know, for the first person who's like wanting to maybe leap out of the corporate job and wants to make that change, it's like, I think it's really important to start asking where in your life um, can you make space to explore what brings you joy? Because the things that bring you joy are like plants that need to be watered. And so, you know, we can approach the perspective of entrepreneurship from this space of let me find the thing I'm good at so I can escape the thing that's bringing me pain, you know, which is my corporate life. But what we really probably should be asking instead that's a little bit more supportive is that question of what do I really love what makes me lose track of time what am I excited to birth and create and like can I carve out space for that and then the more you water that plant you know the more you're like oh I gotta fucking get a bigger house because this is like (laughs) it's time right like I just gotta let this thing grow so that will kind of unfold and then for the person who uh really recognizes that they're not in right relationship with their work ethic yeah i i would just say maybe listening to this show to really commit to some sort of challenge for yourself to say okay i am going to start becoming more of a master of my time i'm going to start making space to be with myself even if it's an hour a day or you know, a a three hour weekend day to just start to disconnect from anything that's reactionary, right? Like the phone or your chores or whatever, and just kind of be with the inner knowing of what do I love? What excites me? What feels nourishing? So that you can start to refill your cup. Because once you make space for those small amounts of time to activate your alignment, you will see the areas in which your business feels disaligned more clearly. And I think that's a really important thing to do. Yeah. And then I just think like overall, like rewrite your relationship with money, like choose a different way, choose a nourishing way and allow it 
to be something that's supportive for you, that allows you to feel like your worthiness isn't attached to that number that you have. So beautiful. I I literally think I could talk to you for hours and hours. (laughs) I know. I want to hang out after this. (laughs) This is so fun. (laughs) Is there any final thing that would make the conversation feel whole, complete, like a spiral, anything that would make it feel perfect? Take care of yourself. Stop living for everybody else. Take care of yourself. Follow your purpose. Follow your joy. Follow what lights you up. Do not be afraid to listen to that intuition and trust yourself. Think for yourself. And yeah, you'll live happily ever after if you do. (laughs) Happily, happily, happily ever after. (laughs) Bring it back to the musical. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) And where can everyone find you? Yeah, so I, like all of us, you know, come hang out on Instagram. Lauren of Love is my handle. I also have a podcast called the Lauren of Love podcast, where I talk about spirituality, success, and healing. And then um, I think just because we talked about it so much, if anybody really wants to, I have a free Six Laws of Wealth Masterclass audio series. So I can share the link with you. Uh, It's just a series of audios that really crack open like a rewrite in your relationship with wealth consciousness. And that is laurenoflove.com slash wealth. So I can give you that link too. Absolutely put that in the show notes. Thank you for offering that that lovely gift to all the listeners. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So so excited to have you. I'm honored that you uh, spent the hour with us. Thank you. If you enjoyed today, and I know you did, because it was like, Boom nugget, boom nugget, boom nugget. Grab one of those nuggets. Be sure to let us know what was that nugget. DM Lauren. Tell her how much you appreciate it. Even take a screenshot of this and share it with a friend that needs to hear the message today. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Much love. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends. Please rate, write us a review, and subscribe so we can spread the word and other solopreneurs just like you can find us.